I mean, did that just happen? Did that really just happen? Did Colorado, did Stanford just, yep, yep, it happened. Full reaction right here. You are Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here's an episode that I didn't plan. I'm not doing my normal intro here because there's nothing normal about this episode of Locked On Pack 12. This is completely impromptu, unplanned, on a whim. It's almost 12.20 a.m. local time where I am recording this. And Stanford just completed the largest comeback in program history. Troy Taylor and the boys just never quit. They, they didn't quit. Shame on me for putting Colorado in the Pac-12 prime picks again, thinking, you know, they'd play well at home, which of course they did for a half. And then what what on earth just happened? I, I mean, an utter disaster. Now, I don't know how else to categorize it, like it, it, an implosion, a self-destruction. Colorado was was the living embodiment of that old cartoon joke where you step on a rake and it whacks you in the face. I watched a lot of Tom and Jerry as a kid when I was homesick from school. I saw that a lot from Colorado tonight. I mean, the penalties were just nonstop over and over and over. And Shador Sanders was so good. And and then all of a sudden he wasn't. And you know, one thing that I've been impressed with Shador Sanders throughout the entire course of this season has been his decision making. And he makes this abominable decision at the end of the game. I, I, I can't explain it. Like, how do you not throw that ball away and just take a field goal? And then Stanford, when you know they're going to run the ball, was still able to run it on that Colorado defense, which was horrible in the second half after they played well in the first half. I, I mean, I felt pretty good about them coming into this game. The, the, the first half of this game was, by the way, I'm Spencer McLaughlin. This is Locked On Pac-12. The first half of this game was exactly what I thought it would be. And then Colorado just, what, what let up? Stop showing up? Stop making adjustments? Stop playing hard? Like, how else do you explain what exactly we just saw? Do you realize that was a larger comeback than the Falcons blowing the lead to the Patriots in the Super Bowl? That game was 28-3. Stanford was out of this game. The, The point at which I thought it was over was the reverse touchdown to Xavier Weaver. Right, It was a really clever play design from Sean Lewis, the offensive coordinator for Colorado. It was a, a fake reverse, a double fake on the flare to the opposite side, and then run a reverse to the side you initially faked to. And Weaver walked in. The Cardinal were lifeless. They were dead. They were on the road. They came in big underdogs. They lost four in a row. They hadn't won a Pac-12 game yet. I mean, this this is just an unbelievable win for Stanford and just an epic collapse by the Buffs. I, I, I mean an epic collapse. 29 to nothing. You know, the, the one saving grace, perhaps, is that not as many people were watching this live. Boy, they'll be paying attention in the morning. They will be paying attention in the morning. I think we can put to bed, if you hadn't already, the notion that Colorado was better than a fun team that is surpassing our expectations. 
They've already surpassed my preseason win total for them. They've already surpassed their Vegas preseason win total. They've already passed a lot of people's expectations. But but can we put to bed now, like for certain, final nail in the coffin, the notion that this Colorado team was anything other than a great story for a little bit? Mark Jones at the top of the broadcast said that Colorado is, you know, the epicenter of the college football world. And I was like, Mark, this isn't a month ago. No, they're they're, they're not. We've kind of seen that. They played well against USC, sure. And how about the, how about the illogical nature of college football? Think about this. So Stanford plays USC. They're down 49-3 to at the half in Los Angeles, I think was the score. Okay? It was utterly uncompetitive. USC plays Colorado on that field in front of that crowd without Travis Hunter and Colorado stages a comeback to take them down to the wire and lose by seven points. And then Stanford, who was housed by USC, comes in and wins the game outright. It can only be explained by Pac-12 after dark. Everyone's about to be dunking on Colorado because guess what? It turns out when you blow a 29-point lead, you deserve to be dunked on a little bit. I mean, holy smokes. I don't know what they're feeling in Boulder right now. I I think all the optimism around the program has has kind of hit a hiatus. Colorado's going into their bye. It looked like they were going to be 5-2, and coming out of their bye, looking to get bowl eligible. Does it seem impossible that the bus could miss a bowl game here? Because, boy, after that, if you can't beat Stanford at home, when you have spotted yourself 29 points through two quarters of football, what are we supposed to expect from you? I, I, I mean, they're sitting at four and three now. I, look, they could score points, but man, that, that was a catastrophe for the Buffs. A primetime disaster, if you will. And brighter days are ahead for this Colorado program, but... In the context of this 2023 season, my goodness, I, I cannot believe we just watched that. For, for a coach who is not an offensive or defensive play caller and is very much, as we've seen, a coach that's all about culture in Deion Sanders, what culture was on that sideline but one of pointing fingers, frustration, and a let-up in the second half? The defensive issues are, are, are well-documented at this point. I mean, you you... you pin Stanford back inside their own five and give them a one-play touchdown drive? Goodness gracious. Everything that could have gone wrong for Colorado here went wrong. And it just cycled over. They couldn't convert a fourth down. Stanford made tremendous adjustments. And I'm going to finish on Colorado then get to the Cardinal in just a moment here. That, That was... A, a moment that is going to resonate in a negative light. And I am so interested to see how Colorado responds. Because, boy, much like I'm interested to see how the Miami Hurricanes respond after Mario Cristobal decided not to take a knee, that, that's the sort of game that, that, that can cost you a locker room here. And that is the number one priority for Colorado right now, is they've got to retain locker room momentum and it is rough right now as i record this show yikes that is a major major yikes because everything about it boy they just 
They, they, they put that one so hard. And that's the other thing about it, too. It wasn't just one side of the ball or the other. I, I mean, that was a defensive catastrophe and an offensive implosion. You add that up, and the Cardinal have got their first Pac-12 win of the Troy Taylor era. So let's talk about those Stanford Cardinal. Because this is a Stanford program that everyone understands is a difficult job. They cannot bring in transfers like Colorado or anybody else. This is a, this is a team void of talent. This is a team that earlier this year lost to Sacramento State. And in the same light that Colorado right now has to be able to galvanize that locker room to get to a bowl game this season because the Pac-12, as we know, is really, really good. Stanford was able to do that. You lose to an FCS team at home, especially the one your, your head coach just came from, you can lose the locker room there. That clearly didn't happen. Troy Taylor, after the game, was talking about the moxie and, and the intestinal fortitude of his team and the way their guys just continue to fight. Boy, did they fight. They have just continued to fight. They played Arizona tough. They were outmatched against Oregon, coming off a bye. They're getting housed on the road. 52,000 screaming, passionate Boulder fans are right on top of them, and they didn't care. And that team reflects the personality of their head coach, who the whole time, he was Tim Duncan, stormtrooper, cold, hard killer, Troy Taylor. I mean, he did not change facial expression. The reporter after the game was saying, boy, I thought you'd be a little happier. And he like, hey, he cracked a smile and such. He just staged the largest comeback in school history. I, I mean, boy, is that ever big. How about Ashton Daniels? He didn't start this game. You, you talk about guys who have the right makeup as football players, who, who have it between the ears, the ability to just come through in those moments to not be phased, to not be rattled, to always be ready for your opportunity. Ashton Daniels was that dude. In case you needed any clarity, that's Stanford's starting quarterback going forward. I thought it would be after he played well in their season opening win against Hawaii. But boy, I tell you, he's got to be the starter now because what a game he played. What a game he played. There's a bug in here I got to get out. But Man, I, I, I was so impressed with Ashton Daniels. Like, this is a Stanford team that couldn't run the football. They had one way to move it. Like, they were struggling to run against a bad run defense in Colorado, and Ashton Daniels said, fine, I'm going to throw a slant. And then once I'm done throwing that slant, I'm going to throw 18 more slant patterns. Well, are you going to throw other routes in there? No, I'm just going to throw the slant. And then in overtime... Alec Ayumanner is going to make an insane catch over Travis Hunter. I mean, what a fun battle, but how about how about that name? We got to talk about that, dude. Well, I'll get to him once I finish on Ashton Daniels because that guy was leading the offense and just was steady, methodical, credit the Stanford defense for the adjustments they made. Like clearly, if you're a Cardinal fan here, this is so, so big because you've clearly got a staff that knows how to coach. Stanford does not out-talent Colorado at any position except for Benjamin Urosik, who <laughs> was out of the game. He, Your best offensive player and leading receiver leaves the game, and then they find their explosive weapons. 
They they spread the ball around. I, I mean that that was a coaching clinic on the Stanford sideline, and, and Colorado's coaching staff had a bad second half across the board. Stanford made adjustments, and there were no adjustments to the adjustments. The the, the Cardinal were just playing harder. They were tackling better. The, the same defensive issues plagued the plagued the Buffs in this game, and they just got out coached. Co- Coach Prime and his staff. And I think Coach Prime is good and Sean Lewis is good. Boy, they were bad tonight because they had no adjustments, no answers, nothing. Absolutely nothing. And the Cardinal just completely flipped this game around. To go 36-7 to in the second half and then win the game. I, I mean, I, I haven't seen anything like it. I've never seen anything like it. Only can you get that sort of action in Pac-12 after dark. Everyone should know the name Alec. A.O. Manor, because that dude set the Stanford single game record for receiving yards. And, and, and by the way, th- this was not, <laughs> this was in no way, shape, or form him making a bunch of wide open catches. He had 13 receptions. He had 294 yards and three touchdowns. All other Stanford players accounted for just 105 <laughs> receiving yards. <laughs> Absolute positive insanity. Shadur Sanders went for 400 yards and five touchdowns, and Colorado managed to lose the football game. Travis Hunter was Travis Hunter offensively. Defensively, though, he's getting cooked. A.M. Manor had his number. I I mean, number 13 for the Cardinal. And and don't sleep on Bachmeyer either. Like, that. that, that's a player. I I, I just, man, they they got some weapons there at Stanford. And, And... Ayub Manor just put on the best individual receiving performance that I have seen since Marvin Harrison against Utah in the Rose Bowl circa 2021. In that game, he went for over 300 and I think three or four touchdowns. He was making contested catches, yards after catch, breaking tackles. I mean, he had the whole arsenal at his disposal and Ayub Manor had the exact same thing. That that was absolutely insane. I, I I don't know what else to say other than wow with the way that he played. Travis Hunter coming back off an injury, you know, they talked in the first half. There was a report from the guy down on the sideline that, boy, it looks like Travis Hunter's got an extra pep in his step. And I agreed with him, by the way. I, I thought Hunter had, you know, an extra level of juice, well-rested, coming off of the three-week hiatus because of an injury. And guess what? <laughs> A.O. Manor was better straight up across the board. He was just better. He beat him on contested catches. He beat him off the line of scrimmage. He beat him on about eight different slant routes. I mean, Colorado, the, the, the quintessential example of Colorado wasn't able to make any adjustments. How many times were the Cardinal going to run a slant pattern and Colorado just be unable to stop it? And then the one time, the one time Travis Hunter said, okay, you're going to run a slant and I'm not going to stop, or I'm not going to let you do it. I'm going to stop you. I'm going to sit on it. A.O. Manor just ripped the ball away from him. He almost had a pick and then it was a positive game. I mean, it was crazy. It was crazy. Ashton Daniels was dropping back to pass and all he was doing was looking for (laughs) number 13. That's what he was doing on every single play. And, and Colorado had no response to it. So I, I think we can close the book on, on Colorado doing anything of note in a conference play this year. Look, th- their offense can still make them interesting. Th- their, their offense can absolutely still make them interesting. This is a Stanford team. 
Let's just put things on the table here. They just scored their most points of the game or of the year against Colorado on the road. Here are their other point totals this year. At Hawaii, 37. That was their previous high. At USC, 10. Sacramento State at home, 23. Arizona, 20. Oregon, 6. And then against Colorado, 46. The Buffs have a bye before they play UCLA at home. And then Washington, at home, or excuse me, that's Stanford's schedule. My apologies. I didn't think that sounded right. Uh, let me go to Colorado's schedule here real quick. They have a bye before they play at UCLA. That's right. They play at UCLA. Good luck. Good good luck in that one. Oregon State at home. Did you see what DJU did to Cal last week? We'll see what he does against the Bruins uh, Saturday night. Then they play Arizona at home. At Washington State, at Utah, Buffs are going to be an underdog in every single one of those games. Maybe they could be a small favorite against Arizona. But, I mean, my, my, my goodness. Th- those who are in the basket of people who can't stand Colorado, who get annoyed with them. And, and frankly, I, I don't know if they're annoyed with Colorado as much as they're annoyed with the media's coverage of Colorado. Like, every broadcast you watch... You can tell the ESPN announcers would really like Colorado to win the game. Like, it's been evident every single week. Anybody who pays attention to broadcasting can see that. And I get it because there's a financial interest there. But, I mean, the people who don't like Colorado are feeling some kind of happiness right now. They're, They're feeling some kind of happiness. All right, let's talk about Stanford again. In every rebuild, when you take over a job in college football, there are moments specifically games that you look at and go, that's when we knew. That's when we knew we had something. This is that moment for Stanford. The best example recently in the Pac-12 is Arizona a season ago. So Arizona comes in with Jed Fish having lost their previous, I think, 12 games or something. Like They'd lost, I think, 12 in a row. He loses his first eight games, only wins one in 2021. Does Arizona bail on him? No, because they understand the way Stanford should understand this is going to take some time. Then they come back in year two and they look better. They play competently, not amazingly, but competently against an SEC team in Mississippi State at home. And they take a step forward and then they win a couple more games. And then their moment where you realized, okay, we got something was the win against UCLA. They were a 19 and a half point road underdog. And you know what they've got in common with the Cardinal? I picked against them in that game against the spread in the prime picks. And they won outright. And last year, they played a good UCLA team on the road and they beat them straight up. And here you are as the Stanford Cardinal. Understanding, I presume, that there is a long rebuild underway. It is not going to be instantaneous. But I look at their recruiting and I say, hey. Apologies for that. I had to sneeze. Bug might have flown in my nose. I don't really know. We'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see in a few minutes. But you look at the Cardinal recruiting for 2024, you go, wow, that's higher than I thought it would be. Maybe, maybe these guys know what they're doing. Maybe they know how to, how to sell a vision. At the very least, they're trying to rebuild the Stanford brand. Well, this is not just a big win individually. 
Because if you're a Cardinal fan listening to or watching this show, and you know any ACC fans listening to or watching this show, understand that Troy Taylor won this football game with less talent on his sideline. His leading receiver goes out, and then they turn to a player who then sets a school record for receiving yards in a game. A.O. Manor went for 294 and three scores. Ashton Daniels is not getting one one thousandth of the looks by the NFL that Shador Sanders is. Because Shador Sanders is a better NFL prospect. Guess what? Ashton Daniels outplayed him. He did. Daniels' final numbers. 396, four touchdowns, no picks. Shador Sanders in the second half wasn't handling the pressure well. Wasn't getting into the right sorts of plays. Wasn't making good reads when the blitz came. There was no adjustment there from Sean Lewis, the offensive coordinator. And then Shador Sanders threw an interception that cost Colorado a chance to score it all. And Colorado, or Stanford rather, could just go kick a game-winning field goal. So Ashton Daniels outplays Shador Sanders. Stanford's offensive line, look, Colorado's offensive line is bad. Absolutely. Stanford's is probably worse. And yet, they were able to make it work. They were they were able to get it done. Like There, there is no metric by which you could look at these two rosters and say, Colorado is as talented or not as talented as Stanford. Every single person who knows anything about college football knows Colorado's got the more talented roster. And Troy Taylor just did more with less, which is something that might be a norm with Stanford. But with the way they can recruit high school kids, might just take a couple classes. Might just take a couple classes to get kids in there. But when you see this coaching staff go win a game like this, it shows they can instill a culture. It shows they know their X's and O's. It shows they can have kids ready to play. And it shows that their kids believe in them. And clearly they do. And clearly they should. That, that, that is a massive, massive win for Stanford. It might be the only game they win this season. Their schedule is not easy. They might end up going 2-10. That was my preseason win prediction for them. Guess what? Because of this game... It could still feel like a success. It could still feel like there is optimism in the building about what Troy Taylor is capable of, what that staff is capable of. Because when they've gotten beat this year, it's because they just didn't have the talent to match up. They shouldn't have had the talent to match up with that Colorado team, but that was certainly a unit in the bus that's closer, that's on more equal footing compared to an Oregon, for instance, or a USC and Colorado outplayed them, and Colorado outcoached them, and they coached one heck of a half of football. And there should be nothing but optimism optimism around the Stanford Cardinal football program right now. I'm not saying they're going to go win a bunch of games. I, I, I look at their, their remaining schedule, UCLA, Washington, Washington State. they got four straight games against ranked opponents. Those are all probably going to be losses. I certainly feel better about their chances to win at home against Cal in the big game. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, if Troy Taylor comes in, goes 3-9, and nine, beats Colorado on the road, and beats Cal, and gets the axe back for the Cardinal, that'd be a pretty successful first season. And they close with Notre Dame at home as well. Um, so yeah, they've got six remaining games. Five of them are against ranked teams, and one of them's a rivalry. So it's a gauntlet for the Cardinal. I don't expect a lot more wins. They don't need to have a lot more wins to look and say, this was a success. We, we, we did something. The Cardinal, yeah, come Monday, they're going to be outright winners. They might be outright winners 
for a while, just on the the carryover vibes from this game. What what an unbelievable football game! Colorado collapsed. Stanford took it from them. Uh, boy, boy, that was Pac-12 after dark at its finest. Appreciate everyone listening. See you next time. Have a wonderful rest of your day.